Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the final episode of series two. That certainly went very quickly. We are closing the series talking to Betsy, Senior Audience Development Manager at AWOL. Betsy has worked with everyone from Taylor Swift to Justin Bieber whilst at Virgin EMI to Alfie Templeman and Girl in Red at AWOL. We talk about what exactly audience development is its similarities with digital marketing, along with how special it is to work with an artist like Lewis Capaldi, from signing them to breaking them as a global star. We really hope you enjoy this episode. We're taking a brief break before coming back with series three. In the meantime, do take a listen to all of the other episodes in the previous series and share these stories with people far and wide. Thanks again for hitting play. Here's our chat with Betsy. Betsy, wonderful to have you on the podcast today. Hi. Are you feeling fresh off the back of a weekend of festivals? I actually didn't go to festivals this weekend for the first time, I think, in about five years. I went to Barcelona. Okay, that's uh, also very, very lovely. It was wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Good. Um, So... Tell us, what is something that people do not know about you? Uh, This question is always the kicker. I think something that people might not know about me is that I really love to write. I write a lot of fiction in my spare time. It's just something that helps get my creative juices flowing. Um, So yeah, I like to write novels and short stories and things like that. And you are also a published writer as well in Enemy, Dazed and, and a couple of others. Yes, from way back when. And what are you listening to right now? I'm always listening to Casey Musgraves, Bonnie Vare, Lauv. They're my absolute faves. But at the moment, I'm really enjoying uh, Big Red Machine, which is Bonnie Vare's side project, and Griff as well. I love her. And do you have a most memorable gig? Have you been to any gigs since the world has been slightly opening up in this kind of post-COVID new formed live event space? I, I actually don't think I've been to a gig in about two years, which is so strange for me. I, I was very recently double vaccinated, so I'm going to I'm going to change that um, very soon. But I think my favorite gig that I've ever been to was probably Bonnie Vare at the Usher Hall in Edinburgh back in 2011. It was just incredible. But my most memorable gig was probably when the Killers played their secrets at Glastonbury. I think it was 2018 or 2017. I can't remember, but it was insane. Cool. And yeah, just going back to, you know, you being a writer, as, as I said, you know, you've been a published writer in Enemy Days and a couple of others. What was the turning point that made you not want to be a writer full time, but then kind of move into to marketing instead? 
It's a funny one because both of my parents are journalists and writers and I always loved writing when I was growing up. It's what I thought I wanted to do. You know, when I was at uni, I, um, I, I wrote for a couple of zines. I did a lot of work experience and internships at Enemy and Dazed and The Times. Um, but after doing that work experience, it just wasn't really like, you know, hitting me in the heartstrings, so to speak. I just, I didn't feel that passion when I was walking into the building every single day. And I, and I was like, is this really what I want to do? And after I kind of sat with it and thought about it for a while, I, I felt like I didn't necessarily want to be, you know, writing about things after they'd happened. I kind of wanted to be part of that process and be part of the, the artist stories while it was happening. And by working in marketing, you're obviously working like very much on the front line with artists and being yeah. a part of how their music is promoted. Exactly, yeah. And I think that just shows as well how important it is to try these things out, either during uni or just after uni, because it sounds like you, you know, you came away from from them like, right, actually, maybe I don't want to do this full time. And then, of course, you do your writing, um, fictional writing on the side now. So you kind of, you know, you've got your two passion points running in parallel. It's the best of both worlds. <laughs> you've had it. An amazing career in the past six years not long at all from securing an internship in the digital team at Virgin EMI back in 2015. In that application what do you think made you stand out because we all know that the first place many many of us go when we come out of uni or you know when we're looking for our first job are these big record label major record label internships and I'm sure lots of the listeners will be really interested to hear how they can make themselves stand out in this process as well. Do you know what? I, I was applying for jobs, I think, for over a year after I graduated uni. Um, I was actually working at Subway when I found out that I got my internship at Virgin EMI. And I think that can be quite a tough process for people because you know, you go to school, you do well, you go to uni, you do well, then you come out and you expect yourself to get a job straight away and it doesn't happen. And I must have written thousands of CVs and cover letters and not heard anything. And then there was one day when I just sat down and I was like, is my CV interesting? Like if I was looking at it, would I care about it? And it wasn't. And I, I think I spent about two weeks completely designing my CV and Photoshop, like all different graphics and crazy. It was, it was insane. It was actually crazy. And as soon as I sent that out, I think I just did a general application to Universal Sony and I heard back from Universal HR and they were like, Hey, we love your CV. We think you'd be great for this um, digital internship. And that's how I got my interview. And I think a lot of people, you know, once you kind of get into the interview process, that's the easy thing because that's when you can kind of show your personality and stuff but um I actually asked my boss after I got hired why he hired me over the other candidates because I was just interested to know and he was very blunt with me and he said hey look you didn't have half of the skills or experience of any of the other candidates but I really saw your passion and like I didn't know anything about digital marketing like I'm going to be honest I completely bullshitted all of my interviews <laughs> But I did really care about music and I really cared about the roster at Virgin EMI. And that obviously shone through. Yeah, massively. So was it, did you apply for the internship or did you just do a general, hey, I'd love to work within this label specifically as well? And then the HR department came back and were like, we think that you'd be really good for this specific internship. 
Uh, yeah, I just did a general application to HR and they came back and I did a little interview with them. And then I think I interviewed actually at, um, in Catalog and in, a, in the CRM team and then finally at Virgin EMI and I got the Virgin EMI one. And a couple of highlights from when you were working at Virgin, you've worked with Taylor, Justin Bieber and Louis Capaldi and, and you know, several other really big names. Um, what was your experience of working, you know, suddenly coming from working at Subway to, uh, <laughs> you know, working at one of the biggest record labels in the world um, and working with these big superstars as well? It was Amaz I mean, like in short, it was amazing. And I think it was a bit of a shock as well, because I think a lot of people um, who want to work in the music industry don't really understand what it's like to work for a record label. So every single day, as cliche as it sounds, was a massive learning experience, like completely different from the next. And I think I probably went to bed at 9 p.m. every night for about the first year because I was just so shattered with everything that I was learning. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was amazing. And I think one of the first um, artists that I met was Fall Out Boy, which was one of my favorite bands when I was a kid. And just standing there and being like, I used to listen to you and now I'm working on your project. It's just an amazing feeling. That is insane. Uh, did you, do you have any of, any of the artists that you worked at there? Um, are there any campaigns that you are particularly proud of? I mean, Lewis Capaldi, I think, I think every person who works in the music industry like dreams of working with an artist right from signing, you know, up to breaking them as a global superstar. And I'm just so grateful that that, that happened to me and that it happened to me so early in my career and as the digital lead on the project. Um, yeah, it was it was so amazing kind of seeing him going from being insecure about posting on social media because he didn't think that anybody would care about what he wanted to say to being one of the biggest social media personalities in the entire world. Um, and just kind of working with him every step of the way was insane. But um, I think in terms of an actual activation that I did, Taylor Swift for her Reputation album, um, it was around the first single, Look What You Made Me Do. And there's a line in it that says, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Um, and what we did was we wrapped 10 phone boxes in London with her album creative. And we put a voicemail service in each of the phone boxes and we asked fans to come and leave the old Taylor a message. And it was so popular on the first day of the activation that we had to open it up globally and have a, um, a service that fans could call from all over the world on their mobile. And once they'd, um, once they'd called the service, it kind of got pulled into this microsite and it had a Reddit style mechanism where fans could upvote their favorite voicemails. And then the one that won received a bundle and a call from Taylor but it was just amazing seeing the reaction and you know that's kind of the most re rewarding part of my job because everything is around fan bases and communities you know seeing them to re react to an idea that you have come up with is, is just really rewarding. That is insane wow I mean being any fan who loves Taylor and having the opportunity to speak to your you know your superstar who you kind of see as your best friend is just incredible. Yeah how much was Taylor involved in the creative and the ideation of that activation? So it kind of differs from artist to artist. Some artists like to be heavily involved in the whole process. Some of them like to just see a list of ideas and say, hey, I like that one, but I trust you totally. And to, to, to pull that off. And, you know, Taylor saw that idea and she was like, this is the one, but you guys, 
you know it's your job you know how to do it the best and she kind of just let us run with it and then she was really pleased with the results so that was good as well yeah that's really good because some artists can be quite you know hands-on with with the label and ideas and like how they're kind of implemented as well um so yes yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear that you know she's you know she does trust you guys and kind of lets you run with it moving into you know kind of what you're doing in audience development what are the similarities between you know working within digital and then also audience development because you started you know working as an intern in the digital team worked your way up to senior digital campaign manager within five years and then obviously this audience development is a bit of a tagline you know it's a bit of a buzzword and Tell us, what is audience development? I think that audience development is probably just a fancy name or an extended version of digital marketing. Um, I like to think that audience development is a bit more proactive, whereas digital marketing is more reactive. Um, so, you know, with audience development, a lot of it is very front loaded. We spend a lot of work going through data and analytics, you know, looking at demographics and stats around an artist fan base and community and really building up these audience profiles of who um, an artist's fan base are. So, you know, we, we look beyond, hey, it's 18 to 24 year olds who live in England. You know, we like to say, where do they shop? You know, what are they eating? Do they eat takeout or do they go to restaurants? You know, what brands are they wearing? Um, and we really like to build this picture of who this person is. Um, and from that, we come up with all of our digital marketing activations, the partners that we're going to work with, very similar to digital marketing. But in terms of day to day, I feel like I wear about a thousand different hats every single day. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm a creative director, sometimes I'm a producer, sometimes I'm a social media manager, sometimes I'm a data analyst. And, you know, we really do everything from running shoots and writing scripts, dressing sets, um, creating physical events. At, um, physical locations, doing virtual activations like the one that I, I said about at Taylor Swift, doing social media rollouts, creating assets with graphic designers. Yeah, it's very multifaceted. That sounds really interesting. What do you have like a favorite part of your role? Yeah, I think for me, um, because one of the main reasons I wanted to work in the music industry and one of the main things I love about my job is obviously working with the artist you know I really pride myself with having very strong relationships with my artists and managers so kind of getting to work with them one-on-one -on, -one, um, on content shoots is, is one of my favorite things you know I love coming up with all the ideas for the the videos that we do for the different platforms writing the scripts and you know buying props for the for the day and then directing the whole shoot and yeah just getting to work with them one-on-one -on -one is, is really rewarding. Nice. And you've mentioned various different hats. Who are the key people that you work with internally and externally? I think it's really interesting because digital in 2021 sort of um, bleeds out into every single department um, within a record label. Um, so, you know, day to day, we work very closely with marketing managers. We're sort of the co-captains on projects. But in terms of the other departments, you know, like press or promotions, all of those things tie into digital as well. You know, if an artist does a TV performance, then we want to make sure we amplify that on social. Equally, if an artist does a press shoot or a cover shoot, you know, we want to amplify that on social. And so it sort of ties into to every single department. And that's something about, that I love about my job as well, because it helps me to learn 
about all these different departments, what they do and how they thrive. Um, but in terms of externally, we have a lot of digital partners that we work with, obviously the big ones like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And then we also work with a lot of publishers. Um, so like your Lab Bibles, your Jungle Creations, the MCNs on YouTube. And we also work with a lot of influencers and, and build relationships up with these individual creators on TikTok and YouTube as well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Awesome. I think that's so useful as well because Often we come into the music industry and it's like, oh my God, this is a really cool industry to work in. Where the hell do I begin? And, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to set up this podcast is to really enlighten people to see where everything fits in because the breadth of opportunities in music is huge. Yeah. But it's just, you know, seeing where all the pieces of the puzzle fit together and you know, there will be many people listening who are like, oh, maybe I want to work in art management, A&R, marketing. And, you know, it sounds like audience development sits under all of those kind of areas of the industry because you are working with the entire record label, which is incredible experience. Exactly. And I, I think because obviously an artist's career is very heavily about their talent, obviously, but it's also very heavily about their fan base. You know, without a fan base, you don't have anybody that's going to come to your live shows. You don't have anyone that's going to read those press articles or is going to watch you on TV or listen to you on the radio. So it really ties into every single facet of the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, exactly what you said, that without the fan base, there is no artist and vice versa. So, yeah, kind of really understanding who these people are, what makes them tick. Yeah. Uh, so that you can really 
be speaking to them like an individual rather than this group of varying types of personality and interests it has that like personal connection doesn't it exactly so um moving into your time at AWOL which is where you are now you are now senior audience development manager and you're also recruiting at the moment for an audience development manager uh, which is very exciting yes expanding the team what are the skills and experience that you may look for in someone joining your team I think that it depends on the level that you're hiring so you know in my career I've hired for interns and assistants and obviously I've also hired for managers, which is what we're doing right now. I think for interns and assistants, you know, we don't expect people to know everything about the music industry, a record label, or the job that you're applying for. I think the most important things are that you are a kind person, that you're somebody who's a fast learner and you're someone that's a hard worker, and also somebody that's willing to learn and grow and take criticism and really like hit the ground running. I think that's the most important thing um, for those roles. Um, With manager roles, again, I'm of of the opinion that you can teach people to do a job, but you can't teach people creativity or passion. So when I'm interviewing people, of course, it's amazing to see that they have all of this expertise um, in the area that we're hiring for. But when I see that somebody's eyes light up when they're talking about a specific artist or they're part of a fandom themselves, or they have a side project that they're doing in the music industry, like they're managing somebody or they've started, you know, a a, a female group within the music industry and an Instagram page, you know, that shows me that they really care about this industry and, and, and what they're doing. And also the creativity side of thing, you know, when I've seen in the interview, we ask people to do presentations. When I see people, um, coming up with an activation with a really interesting concept that hasn't been done before. I'm like, that's something that you can't teach somebody to do. And that's the kind of innovation that we want to have on our team. Mm, innovation is really key. And I think you know, we've said in several episodes as well, um, not being afraid of sharing an idea, even if you don't think it's the best one, because you know, I remember speaking to Victoria who's also in your team and she was like yeah we're just kind of messing around with ideas about social stuff and actually the whole team were like yeah we want to run with that and it was it was implemented and it did really well I forget the specifics of what it was but it's it's a really good example of um all ideas will click with some people what was it about this area of audience development that interested you to pursue a career in the area because we've gone from writing to digital marketing to audience development um all sounds like quite a kind of linear step um what were the specifics that you were like yeah that gets me that gets me going and up in the morning I think this is a really interesting one because kind of going back to when I first started applying for jobs in the music industry I knew that I wanted to work at a record label But as I was saying earlier, I think that a lot of people at the very beginning of their career who want to work in music don't actually understand all the different positions and departments at a record label. They don't understand what what those people do or how, you know, an album gets put out. They just know that they, they love music and they want to work in music. And that was exactly the same for me. So I obviously did my open applications. I didn't know what department I wanted to work in. And 
I think in a way your skills and experience and interest will kind of steer you in the right direction and obviously that's what HR is for you know they saw my CV that I designed in Photoshop they knew that I had design skills they knew that I loved social media and I used to create my space skins back in the day and Pixo or whatever it was um and I, I loved advertising and the creative of advertising they saw those things on my CV and said hey we think you'd be good for digital and you know after working in being digital for a while I realized that this is exactly where I want to be in the industry and I've, I've had plenty of opportunities to kind of sidestep into other departments during my career and I just never wanted to but equally I, I think that some people fear that they get an internship in marketing or promotions and that means that they're not going to be able to go into a different department if they think that that's something that they prefer to do but that's not the case you know I know plenty of people that have started as interns and assistants in certain departments and then sidestepped over and completely learned from scratch you know what those people do and I think that's kind of the beauty of the industry that it all kind of meshes and ties in together. Yeah absolutely and I think you know you've mentioned previously seeing people having side projects and you know that's an actual tangible example of people showing that they really care about a specific area. Yeah exactly so right now your roster I mean you've worked with some like top people and like me personally as I said to you before it's like just like so many favorite artists so you currently are working on Tom Mish, Girl and Red, Alfie Templeman um, and a couple of others quite different artists how are they different to work with how, like do you have various like different approaches that you're have with Girl and Bread versus Alfie Templeman? I think um, with every artist, it definitely can't be a cookie cutter um, approach. You know, every single artist is different themselves. They have different goals and ambitions and interests and they make different music. They have different processes and they also have different audiences. So you can't take the, the same approach with, with every artist. But I think kind of going back, you know, obviously I worked with a major label before and I loved it and I loved working with those huge global superstars. Um, but I think that sometimes when you're working with global superstars, you don't necessarily get to be in the thick of it as much as you want to be, or as certainly as much as I wanted to be. And um, there are a lot of barriers in place. Um, you're limited with the kind of things that you can do or how creative you can be. And I think that's part of the reason why I came over to AWOL um, was because of the philosophy that they have that it's artist first and the artist is so heavily involved in every aspect of their career and their campaigns and um, that a I get to work <clears throat> extremely closely with them and their managers every single day you know they'll be on brainstorm meetings and planning meetings whereas they wouldn't necessarily be at a major label um, and yeah I just get to, I think I just get more of an insight into you know what they want from their campaign and their career and therefore it, it becomes more tailored and ends up being a better campaign um but in terms of whether the campaigns are different from Alfie Templeman to Girl in Red as I said yeah totally they're completely different people and I think that's part of the joy of working for a smaller label with artists that are kind of you know at the beginning or in the middle of their career because you're at that stage where you're totally le lean in all the time um, and 
you know you just get to be like more heavily involved and again yeah definitely um a really good opportunity to be working at AWOL who's artist first I saw actually recently that girl in girl in red had exchanged words with um with Taylor Swift and she was like I just adore Taylor Swift I mean that that kind of stuff must be quite cool to kind of see you know one artist who's like pretty emerging artist like speaking to one of like the big superstars that you've also worked with it's kind of you know again like piecing the puzzle together I think yeah it's definitely really cool I think it's funny because obviously to girl and red fans she's the biggest and the best and to taylor swift taylor swift fans she's the biggest and the best and i think that people forget that artists are still human beings and people and obviously girl and red is a big taylor swift fan and taylor swift you know admiring her and her music is a big deal for her and and vice versa you know girl and red admiring taylor swift is a big deal for taylor swift because she's still a human being she wants people to love her music and I think it's always really nice to see artists as peers, you know, getting along, getting along and supporting each other. Cool. Okay. So to, to wrap up, what is the best advice anyone has ever given you? I think the best advice in terms of being in the music industry is probably we're not doing brain surgery. And I think that that ties in to no idea is a bad idea at the end of the day the way that we learn and the way that we become better um, marketers is coming up with an idea, it goes rubbish. And then we learn from that and we have a better idea next time. And also ask for forgiveness, not permission. I think sometimes that you have to take risks and do things that other people might not necessarily think is a good idea at the time because things have been done a certain way in the past or things have seemingly worked okay but you know if you're not taking risks then you're not able to kind of expand that and grow and um, make things better for the future so yeah that was three that was three things but I think they're all important (laughs) if you had to give you know one takeaway for listeners listening to this what would be the key piece of advice that you would give them um what in terms of how to get into the music industry yeah exactly so if I'm a if I'm someone who's you know either kind of at the beginning of my career and going oh my god I want to work in music but I don't know where or you know someone kind of midway through they may have been working in something completely non-music um and they're you know because lots of people um there's I saw some stats recently like they get to what 28 29 that's like oh I don't really want to be doing this property or financial job my passion really lies in music what is the like top advice that you think would be super useful for them I think number one is that it's never too late to change your career I know people who are interns who are 35 years old you know we have an intern at AWOL who's in his 30s I knew people at EMI who were 29 you know when everyone else was 20 21 starting their internships it's never too late to change your career So 100% follow your passion. And in terms of the application process, I think just remember that the people who are hiring you are people just as much as you. Like, don't see them as this big, scary person, like sitting behind a desk. Like, they're human beings with with passions and um, flaws just as much as you are. And think how to appeal to that. Just appeal to people, not the business. 
That is an absolute gem. Thank you. Um, and if listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? LinkedIn, Instagram, what's the best place? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Betsy Chadbourne, or my Instagram is at Betsy Kate. Awesome. That was a phenomenal chat. Thank you. So many hot gems for people to take away. The Mellow Compass podcast is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett. To keep updated on the latest episodes, hit like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.